Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. You know, after being married for so long, sharing a bathroom, we still have to figure out how we're going to share space. So my water is not allowed there. You know, really, there's a small amount of space right there, and your phone takes up your share at least. So... This isn't, this isn't like a king-size bed. There's room. There's, there's so much room still. Just not room for everything. I used to have a bigger bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Ouch. church, everybody. We're Welcome to our here. marriage, everybody. <laughs> it's a very happy marriage. 21 years coming up. This next week. Next week? Yeah. Wow. May 12th. We celebrated. Travis planned a date for us. He planned it like months in advance. (laughs) That's right. I did. It was really nice. We went to Johnny Reed. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just a, a good thing to slow down and enjoy the good things in life, the things that are good for the soul Um, music and the arts and nature. I think sometimes we can get so busy just doing life and work, and we have to be reminded to um, enjoy life, I think. I like our, our dad's motto, I think, growing up was work hard and play hard, both of our dads, and we have to remind ourselves of that. It's really good. Um, This message is brought to you today by Hall's Minis. Can you finish crunching it? Like? No, this is why Danielle Deeth got me Hall's Minis. Oh, because even I, can, I can put one of these in, not cough, and still preach. It's amazing. We still hear it when you jiggle it around in your mouth. And we see it. Even if it's mini. I'm still doing it. <laughs> Lemony goodness. Thank you, Danielle, be, that it's shorter. All right. Shorter well, duration. <laughs> today is. <laughs> Today is a special Sunday. It's a baby dedication Sunday. And um, the reason why we keep on coming back to this place should be obvious to you by now if you've been attending for any amount of time. Seeing as we are Generations Church, yes, we, are. Um, we obviously place an emphasis on generations and the succession and the pipeline that should exist in a family. I was really proud this morning of uh, what I'm calling the mini pops now. <laughs> that would be the average age of the front row today was about 15 and a half years old. The combined age group of the whole band was uh, 22 and a half years old. I think that's exciting. They did great. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for old man Ed up there playing the drums, <laughs> it, it would have been probably under 18. So as much as we appreciate Ed and, and the great drummer that he is, I mean, he really upped the average for the age group. But, you know, Generations Church, guys, we are absolutely serious about embracing a generational ideology when it comes to the kingdom of God. And that is actually the most biblical ideology because God's faithfulness is not to one generation, but every generation. His kindness is is to every generation. And so many times in the church, in the history of the church for the last 2,000 years, it's like we get this this singular fixation on a generation and it it feels like we got to start all over again sometimes. And so the reason we keep coming back to this, and we like to come back maybe even three times a year to to basically the same message, is because it's so important that we understand 
it's so important that we understand the time that we have with the people that God has given us and how he wants to move through us and into their calling and their ministry and their destiny because he wants to do the same thing in their life for their children and their children's children. And we got to get this part right. The ceiling of my life is the foundation on which my sons and daughters will move in the kingdom of God. And I am, I am totally good. If I am to be underfoot, let me be under the feet of my children and the spiritual offspring of Generations Church. That is the most exciting place to be. And I want to invite you to join us in this way of thinking, in this way of being, because I really do believe this is God's heart for our, our region, our nation, and for the whole world. Um, so that was not on the notes anywhere. No. You look confused now, I know. but No, I'm just listening to oh. the Holy Spirit. Um, so I'm going to interrupt this thought, too. I, just, I feel like this morning there was just such a sense of the Father's love in this room. And so I want to hang out on that for a minute. And I'm even going to read out of, out of the Passion Translation. In Romans chapter 8, in the Passion Translation, it says, So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the Anointed One. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human nature, clothed humanity. God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. And it goes on. But I feel like this morning, even before, before we carry on, sometimes the message of, of parenting and generational stuff starts out with guilt and shame. Like, you know what? I wish I would have. And I didn't. And, and I can't. And it's too late. And I believe that God just wants to infuse hope into each and every one of us that, that starting today, what we do matters. It matters to future generations in our line. It matters to future generations spiritually. And it matters to those that we influence and impact and connect with. And so we need to get that truth into our heart this morning. God loves us. The Father heart of God is for us. He's faithful. He's never left us. And what you do today and tomorrow matters. And you know what? If you knew what you know today or tomorrow you maybe would have done different and so don't let shame be what shapes your future yeah it's that's so good i felt too when we were singing the last song and the the bridge is the word um greater are you who's in me than he who's in the world the word that you have spoken is stronger than the curse and you know i know there are people sitting here this morning battling in a mindset and and you need to be reminded even the verse you just shared babe was that that's the verse that's the foundation of that line in that song, is what Jesus has done, the word of God who became flesh, the, the, the word, uh, the rhema word, the logos word, is stronger than your past. It's stronger than the curse that would try to hang over your life because the words of God are the words of life. And everything that has come into being has come into being by the power of his word. Everything that exists is sustained by the same power of his word. And so it's time to put aside what I'm going to call 
infantile thinking. That somehow the limitations of your life, the curses that you're walking under, living under, that are affecting your thinking, it's time to put childish things aside, church. And it's time to, it's time to put your faith in the living word of God because it is stronger than anything that would try to prevail in your life. Now, that doesn't make life easy. It doesn't make life perfect. But it does make life joy-filled. And it does make life possible to walk in the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has for each one of us. And that includes parenting. It includes marriages. It includes dating relationships, for those of you who are at that place. It, it includes being single. We, we have the incredible blessing of walking in a, a certain type of freedom because of the work our parents and even grandparents did for us. And so it's not fair for some people to compare um, my life with their life or our kids' life with their life. We want to encourage each of them the, the generational blessing of doing that, that work, getting free in Christ, is incredible. You know, the stuff that I had to deal with, my kids don't have to deal with. The stuff that my mom dealt with, my kids have no idea about abuse and, and hurtful words and that kind of stuff. My kids are, are walking as, as fourth-generation Christians. Uh, your, your grandparents follow Jesus. So both sides of the family, you, you really can't, can't begin to compare with that uh, kind of gift, I think. And so we need to be able to think generationally. Yeah. No, it's so good. And um, the, the first thing we always talk about in this message for this service is to imagine the end. Everybody just say those words, imagine the end. Because it doesn't matter this morning if you have teenagers or if you haven't, you know, you don't have children yet. Um, you still are entrusted in community with imagining the end for your, for your friends, your brothers and sisters, your family, everybody. We, we got to imagine the end. And the thing about the end is it can be a daunting and impossible thing to think about because we look at where we want things to be or we hope things can be one day and we can't even begin to imagine how we're going to get there. So that brings us to a comment about course correction. Because so many people are afraid to make course corrections. It's, it's intimidating. Well, our family does it this way, and it's not working very well for us. But we're afraid, to, we're afraid to change. We don't want our kids to miss out. That's why we miss so much church. That's a common one. We, we, you know, work does this, and we have all these reasons. And all. Listen, it's a lot easier to make a course correction today than it will be to make a course correction 15 years from now with the end in mind. Because a, a course correction that's required now is, is very, very small compared to what it would be years from now to get you to the same point. And so it's under, it, let's understand together that, that life, life is a series of course corrections. It's not a series of, of, of marvelous and, and uh, I, I don't know, super fantastical moments of change. Raising kids, raising a family, following Jesus learning from the leading of the Holy Spirit, studying the Scripture. All of these things are incremental changes or course corrections that bring us ultimately into conformity to the image of Jesus. And that is God's intent. That's His heart for us and for our families. So let's go, let the first Bible verse, Deuteronomy 6, 5 to 7. <clears throat> says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all 
your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. That's a verse about course correction. Now, yes, it is long-term thinking and it's long-term planning, but, but impress upon your children, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Why? Why do you involve the statutes, the Word of God, the law of God, the, the liberty of, of what Jesus has done? Why do we involve those in every moment? Because those are moments of course correction that get us to where we imagine being in the end. And it's never too late to start. Because when you start now... It will be less correction later on. My dad used to always tell people, he told us, he told, I don't know, everybody, you can pay now or you can pay later. Either way, you're going to pay. And this is especially true with raising children or running a company or pastoring a church or leading a family or being in relationship. You can pay now or you can pay later, but know that you're going to pay in any circumstance. So, um, yeah, imagining the end is about intentionality. Yeah, and those verses give us cues about how and when we can be intentional. You know, everybody says, oh, I wish when you leave the hospital they'd give you a handbook about how to raise children. Well, no, we don't really have a handbook, but we do have the Bible. And if we want to be intentional, um, probably at that moment leaving the hospital is not the time to start looking at it, you know? If you're a teenager here today and you want a good, healthy, satisfying life, you can begin reading and understanding the Bible now. Uh, we were talking about it earlier this week. It's funny how a lot of people, um, they wait until they're dying of thirst to start digging a well. You know, why would we wait until we're in trouble or until we really need something to start? The Word of God is there for us. And so we can be, we can be intentional in our teens about learning what God says. You can be intentional about dinner time, about walking, about, about those moments. God gives us cues about how we can connect with each other and connect with him. And so um, doing life, imagining the end, aligns our priorities when we actually do it. Now, a lot of people, we, we, do, this, we do this about four times a year with families. We try to have baby dedications as often as we need to. Well, we do it too, but we actually end up doing three and sometimes four. I feel like. Maybe I'm wrong, but your look says I'm wrong. You're but wrong. I'm but used to that look in You're frankly, wrong, but you're always right. I'm, I'm impervious. We do it in the spring and the fall. I'm impervious to your look even at this point I in love our lives you. together. But, but when we ask the question, what do I want my child to become? Now, that's not a selfish question. That's not, a, that's not what is my desire for my child. We're asking that question in the context of, Lord, you, you entrusted this human life to me, and I'm, I understand that I'm a steward of that process and that development. And, and so the question I'm saying, what do we imagine for our kids in the end? It, it, requires, it requires us to become intentional about what we choose to do. Not perfect at what we do, but intentional about what we do. Why do we choose to do the things that we do? What's the most important thing to the outcome of your child's life? And honestly, if I judged our world around us today Honestly, I think people's biggest concern is that their child is sociopolitically aware. And the problem with that is, is that's going to change drastically every few years. And so if you're trying to imagine the end, that's a moving target that will not bring any satisfaction to anyone's life, honestly. It's, it's, cra it's craziness to pursue that. 
okay, well, I want my kid to play in the NFL or the CFL, so I chase football. Well, the odds of that happening are pretty slim, but what happens to your kid's soul? Listen to me. What happens to your child's soul if they live their life without Jesus? And, and I know nobody wants to think of themselves this way as a parent, but let me just tell you, through all the years I've been doing this, the evidence is speaking. And many people are forgetting to parent with Jesus being the center of what will satisfy the life, the soul of their children. So when we choose to be intentional about the thing that God instructs us to be intentional about, which is what Deuteronomy is talking about, that's an instruction to a parent. We need to make decisions and we need to set our priorities in accordance with what our heart is for our kids, which I hope for you is the same as mine. Is that, that's that they have a living, a thriving relationship with Jesus. I don't care what any of my kids do. I, I don't care. They can do anything as long as it is in the context and the guidance of Jesus' heart for their life. I'm unoffended. If he calls them to leave this place, I'm good with that. If he calls them to stay, I'm good with that. If he calls them to marry someone that I didn't think was a good match, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with anything as long as my kids know Jesus. And I want that to be true for every person in our church. I want that to become your priority as a parent because God has entrusted you with this precious living thing, this child that is a heritage, a blessing from the Lord. And you are the steward of that child. So. so for us, that means yes means no. Yes. We make Or a, no. Or Well, if we're saying <laughs> yes to something, we're saying no to something else. Every time. And so whether you have children or not, that applies. And so I think if we can, if we can kind of fit that principle in, into what we do, then we need to say yes to the big things first, right? If we, if we want... To, to focus like that, then we want to say yes to relationship. We want to say yes to time in God's presence. And it becomes easier to say no to those things that draw on us and pull on us and, and feel like pressure. And um, there's a lot of pressure and opportunity in our world. But when we, when we put those big things first, it can, it can become a lot more clear. That's right. Um, yeah, so you have to be intentional, and to understand intentionality at the next level, you have to learn that you have a limited number of days. So if you want to have a heart of wisdom, the Bible says, in Psalm 90, verse 12, it says, teach us to number our days that we may acquire a heart of wisdom. If you want to be wise, you should ask for wisdom. If you want to be wise, you should read Proverbs and also Ecclesiastes. Um, and if you want to be wise, you should ask the Lord Help me understand the time that I have. That's why these marbles are here. So when we see how much time we have left, we tend to do more with our time. And so these marbles represent how much time you have with the average kid from the time they're born until they move on to what's next or until they um, graduate, I guess, from high school. So 936 weeks from the time they're born until they graduate high school. And so every week, uh, you're losing your marbles. Doesn't seem like a lot. And it goes by quickly. 
as the tears will show today, I'm sure. 936 weeks. If you have a nine-year-old, you're down to 468 weeks. That means you only have 312 marbles before they get their driver's license. We have our second boy who got his license last year. Our oldest daughter got her learner's license. And those marbles are just counting down. After they get their driver's license, you really might only have four more summer vacations with them before it's likely that they move out. And they're going to speak with you and see you again. But chances are, unless you pay for that vacation, they may not join you. In fairness, they may not be able to. (laughs) Yes. Because you'll be broke. Our parents were very generous with us with uh, making, making it doable for us to continue to join on some, some family vacations, even when we were married. That's right. It's a good way to get time with your kids. So as a church, there's 52 weeks in a year. This is why it's so important that parents are the kids' number one influence in a life, because let's say, you know, let's just say you go on holidays two weeks out of the year. And then the church would have 50 weeks to influence a child with the love of the Heavenly Father, with the love of Jesus. 50 weeks out of every year is not very much, is it? But who actually comes to church 50 weeks? By the time you add in sick days, vacations, hockey, gymnastics, dance recitals, that's not very much. Parents are the best influence to teach a kid and be intentional to let them know God's love. Yeah, another way to just look at how much time you actually have with the church or in church on Sunday mornings, uh, the average service is about an hour and a half long, hour and a half. And if you add all that up at 52 weeks a year, you actually are barely working an entire like serious work week in your life. The time we have together as a church, that cohesion we have here, the culture that we can build, is pretty limited. And so church can't be the only answer, but certainly missing half of the opportunity to be in the house of God is also not a good answer. So let us just say you need to be here as often as you can. But my greatest joy at this point in time, other than watching my kids develop and grow in ministry, I love it that we have people who are bringing their little children to church, and those little kids love to come and run up and sit with Amy and I on the front row every time they get a chance. I love watching them run around. I love watching them get involved in plaid shirt picture morning because they happen to be here before church started. I mean, guys, there are just... There are millions of memories and testimonies to be made and gathered in the time that we spend together week after week. It has to be a priority in our lives. It has to be a priority for the sake of other people, not just yourself. It has to be a priority for the sake of your children. And it's not just about your children, mom and dad. It's about you. It's about what fills your soul. It's about what meets your need in the season of life that you're in because none of this is really an easy or simple task. I don't think any of us know that we're going to need community until we need community, you know? And it it doesn't just happen overnight. Barn raisings didn't happen because someone needed a a barn raising. First the community happened. That's right. And then the barn raising. That's really good. 
And I think our, our society gets that a little backwards. Hey, I need some help. We'd love to help you. But isn't it so much easier when we build community first? And it takes time over time. Relationship is time over time. And we were talking with some friends um, quite some time ago. But uh, if anything ever happened to, to Travis and I, it's not, it's not just the person that would raise them, that would pass on our heart and our values. It's the community. All of, all of you guys, you know, that's pretty incredible that, that there would be people that would be able to be like, oh, your mom and dad would see it this way. I love that. That's pretty, pretty great. And so we've been, we've been parenting intentionally this way since our kids were born. We've been counting our marbles from basically the beginning, I think. There's an app called the Parent Q app that you can download. I'm going to show you um, where our kids are at. You can enter in their age and their um, date. I enter in June 30th because that would be their, their uh, you know, end of school date. Our oldest, Jaken, graduates this week he's gonna be turning 18 are you gonna cry or am i um, i'm gonna avoid crying at okay. this moment so 61 weeks look at this nine weeks until they move on until what's next and you guys have been counting down with us over the years and it's not over we're gonna be parenting and inputting into his life as long as we're alive. And if you sit here today as a parent or grandparent or spiritual parent, don't you ever think your job is over because they turn 18. They need you even more. You know, we have a different role. We're not just, we're not just like teaching, teaching them and training them the same, but, but they need us even more and in a different way. Um, but he's moving on. He's actually leaving our house, he's, he's... We didn't imagine what would happen. We imagined the end, but it's not what we thought necessarily. So. Not the timing. Not the timing. And so he's going to be moving out sooner than we thought for a period of time. So right after Bible camp, Jakin's leaving the nest. Yeah. And uh, he'll, he'll be gone, going up north for a bit. And it's just so hard on the heart. And also, because we've been so intentional about it and... It's also so exciting and amazing because, you know, it's, it's what's right and it's what's good and we're in, we're in great relationship and so we can celebrate and, and um, we're so excited for him. But, oh, those marbles are so hard. And then you can, you can look at these and, and you can, we were talking with, another, with a friend about the same thing. Like when you think about your parents and your grandparents and you think about time, it becomes even, even equally as important to spend time with parents, because how many weeks do we have left with them? You know, what you do this week matters. You can't make the most of every day, but you can make the most of every week. You know, sometimes we feel, I often feel like failure, not, not just sometimes. And sometimes I got to do a huge overhaul because I'm like, I need some margin. I'm sucking at everything again. And so maybe you feel that way. Make, make a change. Make some margin. Every day, it might not be awesome, but one thing we've done, family night every week, it just helps my heart to know that once a week there's going to be connection, 
Whether it's on the couch watching a hockey game or going for ice cream, it doesn't have to cost money, but I need that connection. And boy, as those marbles count down, one night one of us was being grouchy and the other one of us just pulled out the phone and said, I need this. Like, I need this. There's 10 weeks left. So being intentional, it, it's important. You're up. Yeah. There's, there's just not a lot to say. Everyone tells you as you get older, time goes by faster. And it's not that we don't believe it. We believe it. But until you walk through it, until you start having a family, until you have kids, it's, it's actually hard to quantify or get your heart around what's going on. And so we want to invite you to widen that circle in your life. Widen your circle in the house of God. Don't, don't go widen your circle to some podcast. Don't, don't widen your circle to a bunch of people who are in another church who is doing things that, I mean, there's a reason why you're not going to that church probably. You know, widen your circle with the people God is planting you with. Because in this house right here, there is probably every answer you will ever need for raising kids. Seriously. And if we don't have it here, someone doesn't have it here, we'll actually know who to talk to to get it. You cannot, you cannot outdo the manifold wisdom of God being revealed through the body of Christ. You just can't. It's all there. It's all on. And it's all the time. And so we need every hand on deck for every kid in this church. We need every person to be engaged. And I don't care if you're a 12-year-old girl sitting here today. You know, you already know, as a 12-year-old girl in this church, how much you are loved by some of the little people in this house. And what a great thing for you to get to be a part of that. I love when our kids commit. I love being here because we get to serve and we're allowed to do stuff in this church. That's, we're thinking, guys, we're thinking with the end in mind. We, we launch a ministry at Generation Church because we're thinking with the end in mind of where we need to be, who needs to get there. We don't want to arrive there with only half the bus full still. We want to get there and realize we picked up three bus loads along the way. You know what I'm saying? The kingdom of God needs to grow, and this is the means by which it grows. Intentionality, the widening of the circle, the seeking of wisdom, the heart that is taught wisdom by God showing us what we have to do in the days that we do have. This is how it's done. There's so much joy and so much freedom in knowing Jesus. We have, um, I just want to share with you, the, the connections we have at, at a public school, just a few minutes, we pick up kids and maybe they see our eyes and we, we say hi to them and smile. And just time, after, time over time, the little bit of time that we have, tears, they want to hug, they want, they want to be told that they're loved. Those little interactions, you can make such a difference because you host the presence of the living God. You know, inviting someone into your healthy home, your home that, that knows the love of Jesus, what a difference you can make. I know some of you are here today because somebody showed the Father heart of God to you. And so to make room, you're going to have to move some things around. You're going to have to say no to some things. So you can say yes to the more important things. You're, you're going to have to think, where does this child God has given me, where does, where does he or she need to be? For as much as it depends on me, and surely not all of it depends on me or you, but for as much as it depends on us, can we be intentional about it? We're going to invite... 
Yes, which video? Oh, I hate that video. Are you trying to are you trying to skip the video because you don't want to cry? I actually was trying to skip the video. Well, we're playing it. And so as we play it, we're gonna we're just gonna think about numbering our days so that we can acquire a heart of wisdom. Okay. Okay? Okay. And don't try to skip family night ever. The worst part is when she comes back and takes a picture. It's just a phase. Don't miss it. Mums, we know that when you have a three-year-old and a baby or a five-year-old with three little ones still on top of that, we know how tired you are. We know how exhausting that is. But we also know the day is going to come when those children don't come running to you and they start going running to their daddy. And you'll miss those days. You'll miss those snuggles. You'll miss those moments because it, it's a phase that will pass. And then you'll get to look forward to teenage years and you'll get to look forward to grandbabies. And, you know, God, God, <laughs> the goodness of the Lord doesn't run out. It doesn't run out. And we get to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living for as long as we, as long as we are in his kingdom generation to generation, seeing the faithfulness of God revealed. Dads, some of you just can't wait till that kid is old enough where you can launch him off of something and watch him bleed and pick him back up. But guys, don't miss, dads, don't miss the phase. Don't miss the phase of the diaper changes. Don't miss the phase of the teenage years when they get really hard because what you see in them is all the deficiencies of yourself and that's so irritating. True story, if you know what I'm talking about, right? It's a phase. And if you blink, you might miss. You might miss the good things that God is doing in your life and in your family. I know. Let's invite the, the kids up to play their guitars yeah. as we, we have finish a, the service. We have a prayer that we want to pray with you guys and, uh, or over the, the church as a whole because this is a, this is a community effort raising kids. It is. And the old saying was, well, I think it takes a village. Um, and, you know, a lot of bad things have happened in a lot of villages over the years. And I'm sure some bad things have happened in some churches too. But it doesn't have to be that way here. It doesn't have to be that way here. And we can build a community and we can build into the kingdom of God in a way that truly does bless and magnify opportunities for Jesus' sake for our kids to be everything that God has called them to be. And what an exciting opportunity that is. And so I just want to pray uh, for and over our church. And I think it would be appropriate if you're willing. Would you guys, let's stand together. And um, I'm going to pray. We're going to close the service a little different today. We're not going to actually sing one last song. But we are going to open up the, the front here for prayer. And so to either side of me, right and left, there will be people from our prayer team that are here. And here's, here's what I want to say. We acknowledge with, with heartfelt sympathy some of you that are dealing with loss, miscarriages, and things that haven't worked out according to your dreams and plans with family. We, we, understand, we understand that it's devastating and that it's hard. 
and we don't want you to be missed this morning. We want to be able to stand with you and pray with you if that's what you'd like, if that's what you need. If you need the Lord to touch your heart today because you are walking through pain, because of family especially, then we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to receive prayer this morning. It's always, we always, always, always put Jesus in front of every person in this church week after week. And if you're here this morning, if you're watching online and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the only way to the Father, just like course corrections being difficult later in life, today is the day. Now is the time. Today is the day for salvation. It can be yours. It requires that you bend your will, that you submit your wrong, your sin to Jesus, to turn from it and make him the Lord of your life. That means, in simple terms, you got to make Jesus your boss. you let, you got to let him be the boss of your life. And out of that flows a relationship and becoming a disciple and, and over the time in his presence, becoming someone who looks an awful lot more like Jesus than when you started. So those are the things. If, if you have sickness in your body, if you have any other issue, family issue, personal issue, you want to receive prayer, you don't have to leave this place the same way that you came because the presence of God is here. He is willing and he is able to heal and restore and build up and fill in the places of your heart, of every heart that have need of him today. So as we close with this prayer, put your heart into it as you hear these words. Open your heart to what the Holy Spirit would say to you. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do with what I've heard today? Holy Spirit, how do you want me to respond to the things you're leading me in my life and saying to me in my life, whatever they might be? So Heavenly Father, today we come before you as parents and as a church family who do not have all the answers. But we want to be parents and we want to be a family who are seeking your grace and wisdom as we raise our children. We know that we cannot do this alone, and so, God, we invite you to be the central focus of our hearts and our family, and, Lord, as always, our church. Father, as parents in this room, we give our children to you. We trust you to lead us, and we depend on you to guide us in every step. Our greatest desire, O oh Lord, is that our children would grow up and make personal decisions to put their faith, their trust, their hope in you, Jesus, as their Savior. Father, today we come before you and we pray that you would intervene in the hearts and lives of our children. Lord, we even pray today for their spouses that you are calling and you are organizing in the background of everything that goes on even now. Lord, that you would fill the gaps that we are not capable of filling as parents and family. Today, we also commit to be parents who follow after your heart, Lord. We commit to being parents who will raise our children in a home where they are learning and growing in a relationship with you. And Lord, thank you for creating each individual life in this room. In its uniqueness, in its speciality, Lord, in everything that you have called each person to be. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you would help each one of us to walk in you for our part, but also, Lord, for the part and for the benefit of everyone else that's here. Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for giving us our friend, the Holy Spirit, who guides us into truth and brings everything to remembrance that you said. And Father, we thank you most of all for your great, unchanging love for us and all that you've done for us, Lord. We thank you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.